Shannon. Hello, Lauren. How are you today? I'm very good. How are you? Well, I'm actually sitting at my window here and getting completely blown away by the wind. So if I get blown away, you know where I am. I do. No, it's literally like Wizard of Oz. I was saying to you earlier on, you're getting blown away in the twister is what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> but the weird thing is, like, it was so sunny yesterday. Now it's like a storm and wind. So you just It's can't. totally crazy. You just it's that Donegal weather. It is. You just can't tell what it's going to be like from day to day. But I'm here now and, and we're recording. So... Let's go. I'm excited for this episode. I feel like we're taking over. Babs actually isn't here today. Main host, she's gone. We're taking over the podcast because we felt like it. That's why. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about me and Shannon's most favourite topic in the whole wide world. <laughs> yeah, we are. I mean, honest to God, we talk about this <laughs> literally until we're blue in the face. Like, yeah. it's a bit ridiculous, but we just love it. We love yeah. it so much. So today we're talking about trademarks and we have a few trademark stories and a few trademark battles that we're going to be chatting through so I have a story and Shannon also has a story um so Shannon do you want to just start off with your story first yeah sure thing so like Lauren said we're doing some trademark tales so they're quite interesting actually I think you guys will really enjoy them and it's kind of what the situation is and what you can kind of take away and learn from it so I'm going in first with my story and that is Elvis versus Brewdog now you're probably thinking how is that even possible how is Elvis going against Brewdog don't worry I'll explain it to you (laughs) so if you're an avid IPA drinker which is a beer I didn't really know that I'm not a big beer drinker myself but I've been researching it you'll have heard of Brewdog um, and you've heard of a specific Brewdog beer called Elvis Juice it's a pretty cool name I think it's quite interesting actually (laughs) Um, so Brewdog are a Scottish beer brewery business um which is quite cool it's actually funny that i have a scottish business business and lauren has an irish business yeah. it worked out well it wasn't on purpose <laughs> but it worked out well um so let me just get straight into it so in 2016 authentic brands group also known as abg and they are the ones who essentially kind of own elvis's estate they own his name all that stuff you know the copyright to his materials and things like that so that's why it's elvis versus Brewdog. that's I kind actually of find it, it quite interesting that Somebody owns Elvis's like name and estate, even His though he's name. dead. I know it's crazy, isn't it? It's the same. Yeah. I think the same with like Michael Jackson and all these kind of big, iconic stars, especially in the music industry. Other people own them, and they're kind of still using that stuff. It's very interesting, actually. That's another point from like a legal perspective: yeah. the copyright and things like that. That it can be kind of passed on. It's quite cool. That is weird, yeah. It is. So ABG, which is the kind of they own Elvis's stuff, which is very interesting. Um, so they pretty much came head to head with Brewdog um, because of Elvis Juice beer. So Brewdog wanted to trademark the name Elvis Juice. They wanted to na- trademark two things. So Brewdog, Elvis Juice and just Elvis Juice on its own in the UK. But essentially ABG refused it um, writing to the founders of Brewdog, telling them that they can't use it, that it causes confusion, that they're too similar that Elvis is this big kind of iconic thing and that they, they basically can't use the name. They can't kind of write off those coattails of the success of Elvis, essentially. Um, in kind of retaliation, this is a kind of hilarious. In retaliation, the two founders of Brewdog changed their name to Elvis by deed poll. It's actually so funny. It sounds familiar. Who was it, Lauren? You know who it is it? Was, was it Joe Lysett that did that with Hugo Boss? Joe Lysett did it with Hugo Boss, yeah. He did it with Hugo Boss. It's so funny. So essentially, they changed their name by deed poll to Elvis to basically say that they named the beer Elvis Juice off of themselves, which of course they didn't. Um, so at first it didn't work. They went to court and the UK Intellectual Property Office, which is obviously who deal with trademarks in the UK, refused it. They said that they can't trademark 
Elvis Juice. Um, but it kind of came to a head again because there was an appeal. And in that, um, the UKIPO essentially said that there was not enough room to cause confusion. There wasn't any issues that basically that they were allowed to use it, that they were allowed to use Elvis Juice because just using the word Elvis wasn't enough to cause confusion kind of in the marketplace, which is what ABG were essentially saying. Um, so pretty much the tactic did work in the end. They didn't get to brew do- uh, to brew dog to trademark <laughs> um, Elvis Juice on its own, but they did get to trademark Elvis Juice, uh, brew dog Elvis Juice, sorry. So they kind of got their, their way in the end, which worked out pretty well for them. But that's not the end of the drama. Brewdog are in a lot of trademark drama often, actually. I feel like I don't know if I should say that, but they are. They're, they're kind of in and out of this situation. Um, so they actually decided that they wanted to trademark in the EU. Now, that was a pretty big deal because that's, you know, like the UK is obviously smaller. It's obviously not as big a deal for them to trademark there, use Brewdog Elvis Juice there, but the EU is obviously much wider. It's huge. So... This came to an issue. Um, more and more drama, essentially, um, but this has been dismissed. So this time they're not allowed to trademark it in the EU. They're not allowed to trade Brewdog, Elvis Juice, Elvis Juice, anything. So, yeah, that's just a bit of trademark drama, really, between Elvis's estate, Elvis's name, all that jazz, and Brewdog. Um, so the moral of the story to kind of take from that, to, from that one is, <clears throat> like, think about how much money was spent on this court battle. When you have to go to court, and obviously Brewdog are a massive company, like huge, huge, huge multinational company, but when you come against, you know, the the people that own Elvis's kind of name and things like that, ABG, they're massive, 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 and it, it's going to be difficult. It's going to cost you a lot of money, and it's not to say that big companies are the only ones that deal with this. Small companies deal with it too. They can come up with massive, massive, come up against massive brands. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. Moral of the story is just trademark first, get in there first, do your research before you have to kind of get forced into a really tricky situation and have to go to court, spend all this money. And it's reputational damage as well. You know, it's it's not just the money side of things. It's what it does to your rep, your ego, all of that jazz. Going to court is a big deal. So that's my story and that's it. Yeah, pretty interesting one. Yeah, because we were actually talking about this a few days ago. Um, obviously, it doesn't just affect big, massive companies. It can affect the smaller companies too. So I think there was a girl called, was it Zara? Zara Cosmetics or something like that? Yeah, Zara Ceramics, I think Zara it was. Zara Ceramics. Yeah. And obviously, there's the big company, Zara, the clothes shop. Yeah. Um, do you want to go into a little bit of detail about that? Yeah. And how it can affect small businesses as well? Yeah, of course. So the situation is, so it was this company, um, her name, I can't think it's possibly Zara McLaughlin or something like that. I can't quite remember her full name. Um, and she made her wee business called Zara Ceramics and she kind of popped off during lockdown. So she started her little business and she got on TikTok, which, by the way, I'm absolutely obsessed with, as a side <laughs> note. So amazing. I love that for her. Um, so she was kind of doing little videos on TikTok and then she kind of went viral, which is amazing. But her going viral kind of caught the attention of Zara. So Zara, I'm sure you've all heard of it. You know, it's the homeware brand and the clothing brand, that massive high street brand that kind of everyone knows of. They caught on to Zara Ceramics business and they were pretty much saying, you know, you can't use this name. It's got our name in it. And it's, it's it was Zara homeware that we're going against Zara Ceramics because Zara have a homeware brand as well. Um, and so Zara is just a small business. She's from Northern Ireland, I think it was. Um, just her on her own no one else and then she's coming against this massive huge brand with a massive massive scary legal team behind them sending legal letters to Zara telling her that she needs to stop using this name sorry excuse me 
stop using this name, that she's not allowed to trade off of this anymore, that they're going to take legal action against her, which is obviously going to be catastrophic to such a small business compared to this massive brand who's raking in every single day so much money. Um, and essentially, in the end, you know, she just changed her name to something different because she didn't want to have to deal with this. It's, like I said, it's a reputational thing, if, and it, it, especially from a monetary perspective in this instance, it's going to take a big hit because you're going to be going to court, you're going to be spending money on lawyers and like drafting legal letters, going back and forward, and you you don't want to have to deal with that. And that's just that's one instance of small businesses coming against massive brands. I've seen that a lot with them. Um, Lauren, have you heard of the brand Shein? Yeah, like a clothing brand. Yeah, I've seen it recently. Um, people, oh, it's not quite the same, but it's people kind of copying small businesses. Shein copying um, designs of small businesses using on their clothing. But the small businesses really struggle to go against Shein because they're huge. They're massive. You know what I mean? yeah, they're absolutely It's massive. crazy. It's so sad. It's really sad to see. It's sad to see in every single situation, you know, when you know who's in the, not in the right, but you know, it's, if someone's got more money to spend, they've got bigger pockets, you kind of know what the outcome's going to be in them a lot of the time, which is pretty gutting. But that's not to say, you know, don't fight for what's right and don't. You know, exactly. fight for your your content and your your designs and your name and things like that. But it just exactly. it does make it more difficult, and that's kind of why you want to get in there first, isn't it? Yeah, you should definitely do research anyway before. Well, when you have your business and you're thinking about trademarking your name, do your research. See if there's anybody out there that is doing the same thing as you that might have a similar name. Um, and if they do and they're not trademarked, you need to get in there first. Exactly. Honestly, it's like a race against time because mm-hmm. you might start your business and you might look at the register and there's no one there and you're like oh great amazing but you don't register at that specific time or soon after it could literally be a day after could be a month after could be a year after yeah and that name's gone because someone yeah. else has went ahead and trademarked it and just because you started your business first doesn't mean that you have the higher ground there it's the trademarking against you like in some instances if you've been operating for like a long 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 period of time like years and years you can kind of prove it but that's a really long drawn out difficult one to prove so it's pretty much you would just want to get in there first is the the short of it really exactly save yourself money and save yourself time really isn't it totally oh like save yourself so much money like i bab says it's well i think like the whole team kind of say you know it's that prevention is better than cure mindset where if you just have this one thing in place you trademark your business at the very start or just whenever you can like we're not saying you know put yourself in a difficult situation spending money when you don't have it but trademark when you can do your research do your due diligence and get in there first pay that money and then it saves you so much saves you having to spend thousands and thousands down the line on like a pricey rebrand reputational damage maybe even having to go to court dealing with legal letters Mm -hmm. all of that stuff like it's prevention is so much better than cure in like a lot of sense of the word when it comes to legal for your business i think exactly um yeah take our advice guys Crazy. trademark totally business name <laughs> write that down write it down put it on like a vision board or something get a like tattoo. that <laughs> get a on tattoo. your forehead <laughs> um i might jump into my store now because it's i was going so to say that and i just love the diva-ness of it i love it do you know what i feel like it's so funny i feel like i feel like Mariah, like I'll, I'll let you go into it but the yeah. person is Mariah Carey. i feel like it's like it's we're not talking about her at christmas time do you not think yeah it's so weird it's so yeah, funny it's like does she do anything else other than sing all I want for Christmas is you <laughs> literally literally we'll get into it this is a good one Lauren <laughs> well she's a diva for a living that's all I'm gonna say but um yeah so basically Mariah Carey got herself into a bit of a trademark battle with an Irish company 
So as we said earlier, Shannon had her Scottish company and I have my Irish company now. So the Irish company was Darker Still Spirits. So it's an Irish drinks company and they kind of got into a trademark dispute with each other over Mariah's product that she launched called Black Irish Cream Liqueur. So Darker Still Spirits, they launched their Black Irish Whiskey. It was kind of a, a mixture of whiskey and stout. Um in June 2020 so this was a year more than a year I think before Mariah as she does posed on a beach in her bikini with this new bottle of um, cream liqueur that she was launching or whatever so she announced it on Instagram on the beach and it was kind of a nod to her parents um, their heritage or whatever um, her mother was came from like an Irish background and her father had like a Venezuelan background so it was kind of a mixture of their heritages I suppose in this bottle um, but Darker Still Spirits had got in there first and they registered their their name Black Irish um, which also obviously contained Black Stout and Irish Whiskey so they trademarked it across the UK and all across the EU before Mariah launched hers so this is where it gets interesting. So Mariah's lawyers, obviously, they're just going to be keeping an eye out and all this kind of stuff anyway. So they tried to fight it. They tried to say that they were entitled to the name and this company wasn't entitled to the name, even though this company had been in the drinks industry for 30 plus years. So Black Still Spirits, the Irish company, they called upon Mariah's team to stop claiming the trademark rights to this drink and to other products which seemed like a sneaky tactic what do you think Shannon? Definitely a sneaky tactic I think that's some dirty work there for sure that's yeah. what I think anyway Yeah. it doesn't surprise me with Mariah though that's the thing like I sorry to cut you off but like darker soul spirits are a pretty big business themselves but again you're coming up against Mariah Carey and her massive legal team like exactly. it's it's an intimidation tactic, really. It is. Like, that's what it is. It's intimidating. It's trying to scare them out of it. And I'm like, I'll let you move on to it, but I'm glad that they kind of stood their ground. Yeah, that's the thing. Stood you need ground. to stand your ground. If you want to fight for what you think is right, then you need to stand your ground. So her lawyers challenged the trademark on the basis that the Irish company hadn't been using their products, like genuine use, within the five-year period. So they originally filed for their trademark in 2015. Um, so they had evidence to back this up. So they were like, you know, we've been selling the drink. We've had design rights for this drink. Um, and they came out and said that they'll continue to fight any trademark objections that they get in the future. So as of today, Mariah did not get the, the trademark because the Irish company obviously had got there first. Her lawyers obviously thought that they were going to be like the big people. We have more money. We're more famous like we're going to get this through but that's the thing again they're not a small company they're a massive company but they got there first and they had evidence to prove that they were using this product and they were able to own the trademark or whatever so she's never got the trademark in the in ireland or the eu so fun fact about the irish cream actually which i think this is really really interesting under eu law the Irish cream has to be produced in Ireland and contain Irish cream and Irish whiskey. So the CEO of Darker Still Spirits Company, the Irish company, has been questioning how Mariah can trademark hers um, 
if it hasn't been produced in Ireland. So that's a fun fact. That is a fun fact. That's crazy, isn't yeah. it? Like, is yeah. is it authentic? Who knows? Exactly. So the Irish Cream wow. had to be produced in Ireland, and obviously, did she produce it in Ireland? I did. She doubt it very much. But um, yeah, moral of the story again: do your research. That's what Mariah should have done: was do her research mm-hmm. um, and get in there with tr- uh, trademarking your product first. Exactly. That literally outlines like the power of a trademark because yep. this company, who again they are big, they're a very big company have come up against literal Mariah Carey, who's yep. absolutely huge, and won. <laughs> and they've won, do you know what I mean? Like, that's the power of a well trademark. Done. Isn't well that done. amazing? Well done, Bravo. Irish <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing. But that, like, both these stories just outline how important it is to register your brand, get in there first, do your research, and, like, honestly, having a trademark is, like, bulletproof in your brand, really, is exactly. how we kind of like to outline it. It's so incredibly important we will literally say this until we're blue in the face and you're probably sick <laughs> if you follow us on instagram linkedin facebook you'll see that we literally talk about this like non-stop and you're probably like oh my god stop talking about trademarks but we'll never stop we, we can't will help never it stop. <laughs> so yes i have some very exciting um things that celebrities have tried to trademark over the years i want to hear about some it. things that they have some things that they have successfully trademarked and some things that have been denied. Mm-hmm. So we'll start off with 50 Cent. So the rapper 50 Cent, whose real name is Curtis Jackson, trademarked his stage name. And he t- t- took this very seriously. To me, 50 Cent isn't a very serious man, but obviously is. So according to the US IPO, Jackson's trademark applies to everything. So I think he must be registered in every class. So that includes like shirts, pants, to records, music, wow. anything you can think of. And fun fact about 50 Cent. So in 2008, he sued the massive company Taco Bell for their infringing commercials, which advertised 79, 89 and a 99 cent menu. Really? Literally? Like- yeah. It's still money. <laughs> still, yeah. still is a currency. What? Wow, that's hilarious. Exactly. Oh my god! Isn't it? I love that. That's so funny. Go you, fifty cent. I mean, you do you. <laughs> I know. So the next thing that has been trademarked is Beyonce and Jay Z's daughter's name. I've heard about this. Blue one. Ivy Carter. Yeah, Blue Ivy. So they actually filed the application a few days after she was born in January in twenty twelve. And the name officially became registered under Beyonce's company, BKG. That's crazy, isn't it? Like, trademarking yep. your name. name. Like, it's just crazy. It's it's very interesting. I guess it's so different in the US as well, isn't it? Like, it's just <clears throat> so many celebrities just go for it. Like, when you were saying with 50 yeah. Cent, like, that must have cost a total bomb to register in every single class. It's crazy, crazy. Yeah. He's literally registered in everything. Yeah. Insane. So let me see something now that has been denied. So, do you remember Snooky from Jersey Shore? I do. She's an icon. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really watch Jersey Shore, but I know of Snooky. Like, who doesn't know of Snooky? But her name, she went better by her nickname. Her name is Nicole, but everybody knew her as Snooky. So it made sense to her that she would trademark her nickname, Snooky. However, the US trademark office denied it and they denied it on the basis that they were worried that consumers might get her confused with Snooky 
who was a cat in a children's book who already owns the name oh. who's already trademarked the name yep so Snooky the cat who's in a children's book has the name trademarked and they refused her on the basis that people might get confused ah over that's very interesting do you know I've never heard of Snooky there's like the book Snooky before uh, but no either have I they learn something new every day is a school he got day. there first he got there first exactly it's all about the race yep <laughs> yep this is actually I love this one <clears throat> so I'm not sure if you know Michael Buffer but he is you probably do he's the boxing announcer oh. that goes let's get ready to rumble <laughs> now I do after you do that impression for me yeah <laughs> everybody knows him now you might not know his name but you definitely know him now so basically he trademarked the phrase let's get ready to rumble and it was actually quite a super smart move on his part because by selling the rights to this phrase to movies video games tv he has made more than 400 million dollars wow that was a good business move on his part for sure yep Ooh. yep i wouldn't mind that <laughs> that's amazing that is isn't amazing it? see the, this is the stuff that you can that can happen if you are protected well exactly you can sell this you can sell it you can license it out like like plan big you know you never know what's going to happen you could go viral you could people might want to use your name your logo your slogan in movies and things like that but not even just that like people just might want to use it in general in their own business and do you like like a product or something like that and then you can license that out and it's another stream of income coming in that that's another thing that trademarks can literally make like you spend money on protecting your brand which in itself is amazing but you can literally get money back from it and you're saving money in the long run like it's literally a win-win it's a win-win situation really exactly if you think about it (laughs) so this is another fun one that was denied so you probably remember charlie sheen and all the infamous meltdowns that he's had in the past i do so some of his quotes were actually turned into catchphrases but he decided that he wasn't going to let anybody else profit off it so he was going to try and trademark the phrases so there was a few like duh winning um, tiger blood, rock stars from Mars. I'm not bipolar. I'm by winning. Um, he tried to trademark these names, but unfortunately, they were denied. I so, feel like they're very kind of generic. Like they're very generic yeah. phrases that they're not kind of you know groundbreaking or anything like that. <laughs> and that's probably why they were denied because can you trademark generic phrases that people are going to be saying every single day? Just general yeah. words. You that's know? a good point. I think there's kind of two sides of of the spectrum you can't trademark things that are too generic and you can't trademark things that are too descriptive so that's another important point guys to think about <laughs> yeah you have to be in the middle somewhere for sure they're really interesting so let yep and another one that was successfully trademarked was taylor swift so she trademarked phrases that's the kind of difference between this one and charlie sheen one so Taylor Swift was able to trademark her phrases. So she trademarked things like this sick beat, party like it's 1989 and because we never go out of style. That is interesting. I guess like, yep. I, I know them more because of her songs. Do you know what I mean? Like I know them more. Mm-hmm. I would relate them to Taylor Swift. Whereas I don't know if it's just me, but I don't, I don't think I've ever heard Charlie Sheen actually say any of those phrases before. <laughs> Exactly, exactly, and that's probably why because the Taylor Swift songs are obviously 
everywhere in the world. Everybody hears them. Everybody's familiar with them. Totally. There's probably only a certain amount of people that listen to Charlie Sheen and watch his shows and understand that that, that's the things that he used to say. But basically, Taylor Swift, um, she trademarked the names to try and stop people from, like, printing them onto merchandise. Mm -hmm. So if they are printed onto merchandise, she obviously gets, like, royalties and gets paid for it and stuff Ah. like that. So business move on her behalf as well. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, a lot of these celebrities and things like that like they take you know their music their their brands and then they they monetize mm-hmm. it and from like a business perspective which is really interesting it's very intriguing and it's it's clever yeah. you know it's really smart moves like <clears throat> what was it was this michael buffer like that was i can't go over how clever that was that was really smart very smart move on his behalf yeah. for sure very smart move well done michael yeah. if you're listening to our podcast michael well done <laughs> I'm sure you are. (laughs) I'm sure you're listening somewhere in the world. (laughs) Um, So I actually find this one really interesting as well. So Kylie Jenner tried to trademark her name Kylie. Uh, She also did it for advertising and endorsement um, so that she could obviously get the money from people using her name or whatever. But... She ended up in a legal dispute with Kylie Minogue. I've actually heard about that one before. That's is, Isn't it a bit crazy? Yep. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So kind of two really famous people up against each other. Kylie Jenner tried to trademark her name, Kylie, but she was never, ever awarded the trademark is, because of the dispute with Kylie Minogue. So was that because Kylie was in there first? Yeah. I think so, yeah. I think so. And it was probably a case of people would get them confused because it's the same kind of... Same vibe. Industry and kind of yeah, same vibes. That yeah, that does make sense. And that's, um, I yeah. guess, like, people are going to hate me for saying this, but Kylie Jenner probably is more famous now. Like, nowadays, compared to Kylie Minogue. I know Kylie Minogue's a massive icon, but, like, younger generation, anyway, probably know who Kylie Jenner is more. But it just goes to show mm-hmm. that, like, again, I know we've said this over and over again, but... Kylie Minogue was in there first you know she's built this name behind her she's already been there done that so it just it just goes to show again doesn't it exactly and the last one so the last one is a catchphrase by Paris Hilton Shannon do you know what the catchphrase is I feel like I've got it on the tip of my tongue but I can't think of what it is you do what is it you have to tell me that's hot I knew it was something like that. I was like, it's something like that. That's something. And I can't think yeah. of what it is. Just from my memory, I think she always used to be like, that's hot. That's hot. Like, everything was that's hot. That's so hot. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. That's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> so she actually trademarked that phrase. Um, but the trademark only applies. And I find this really strange. The trademark only applies to clothing and alcohol. Alcohol as well. That's, I thought clothing from like, yeah. a, like a merchandise brand kind of perspective yep. but alcohol as well i wonder if she had plans or maybe yeah. did she bring out anything alcohol related i wonder if she did i've got no idea i wonder if she no, did we'll yeah. i must look that. that up and see yeah that was very interesting it's cool to see how these like massive yeah. kind of iconic people have been rejected as well because it just goes to show that you just don't get accepted just because you've got like all this money and you've got this brand behind you that you've created doesn't mean that you can protect it that's why exactly <laughs> Exactly, guys. Get your trademarks, be protected, and if you need any help, you know where we are. Totally. Well, actually, speaking of which, we have a trademark masterclass coming up. Um, it's a totally free masterclass where I'm, I'll be joining Babs, our solicitor, and we'll pretty much just be giving you the trademarking 101, the lowdown on everything trademarking. Um, Lauren, you'll know this as well. Like we, I don't know what it is. 
I don't know what's in the air at the moment, but we've had like trademark questions and queries and worries left, right, and centre recently, don't you think? Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Yeah. Since the start of the new year, I thought it was a case of new year, new me, new trademark, get my shit in order. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's a kind of... I think it is. It's very on point at the totally, minute. Totally, totally. And actually, another point is, um, I think a lot of people are going to get a bit worried because, I don't know if you saw a lot, and um, Etsy were actually in the news recently, on, they were on Watchdog because... Um, it's been kind of exposed. I, don't, I think people already know this, but it's been exposed essentially that a lot of kind of sellers on there are using uh, products from the likes of you know you know B and M and Home Bargains and Poundland. Mm-hmm. You know, like what I'm picturing is like plaques. Don't they have like a little like phrase on it that you put in like your home? Um, that's a one yep. example. It's not just that, but basically they're taking these like these mass-produced products and they're putting them on Etsy and they're selling them for an increased price and saying that they're handmade, that they've created them, and that essentially they own the copyright and they're selling them making money from this stuff that they're buying from for a lower price from like home bargains and B&M and not just that Etsy is a breeding ground for business copycats at the moment like this is another point that we've you'll have seen a lot of inquiries coming in people have been having their business <coughs> names stolen that they're using on Etsy they're having their designs stolen they're having the content stolen, all of that, and it's really rife at the moment. So that's why we kind of wanted to put on this masterclass to talk about trademarking, why it's important, give you the kind of lowdown on what trademarking is, what you do, how you register. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so, so, so incredibly important. We kind of wanted to give you guys, I know, we know it can be difficult to find the information. Like, you know, when you have your laptop open, you're trying to do that research, you've got about 18 different tabs open you're going back and forward back and forward trying to get the information you shut your laptop and you're like I don't feel any closer to the answer of what I need from a trademarking perspective like I do it all the time with other things and you're just like I just wish I had something nice and simple and easy to tell me what trademarking is and what I need to do that's exactly why we started the trademark masterclass essentially just as a nice easy plain English way to understand trademarking and it's totally free so it's on the 22nd of March at 2 p.m 2 till 3 p.m and we'll pop the link in the description below for you guys excuse me sorry I've got a croaky throat today (laughs) perfect for recording a podcast Um, and it's also on our socials so it's on our Instagram which is Babs Jameson Lawyer it's on our LinkedIn it's on Facebook on our website all of that jazz so you'll be able to find it so yeah guys totally free Join us, get everything you need to know about trademarking in one masterclass, essentially. That's great. So if anybody would like to come on the podcast and share their trademark battles, or if you have any trademark stories or anything like that, just email us at legalleveragelaw at gmail.com. Yes, do it, guys. We love to have guests on the podcast talking about all different types of stories from all walks of life. So pop us an email and let us know. Thanks so much, Shannon, and I hope you've enjoyed our trademark battles today. That was a fun one. I enjoyed that. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. See you later. Bye, everyone.